live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Obviously, Monday, the whip around. Find me an NFL head coach that looks smarter this morning than Robert Receipts Sala. Go ahead. Find me one that looks better. Find me one that looks more intelligent. You won't. You can't. And then once you've done that, go ahead and find me a quarterback that looks worse than Zach Wilson. You won't be able to do that either. And then find me a QB who balled out like Mike White did. Probably will not be able to do that as well. Nobody balled out like Mike White yesterday, especially given that he's, well, Mike White. Yeah, I understand. It was against the Bears. But still, he's Mike White. It was only a week ago that last year's number two overall pick gained exactly, number two, number two overall pick gained exactly that many yards in total offense in the second half in Foxborough, remember? And then on top of that, then took even less. (laughs) Zero is less than zero. Zero accountability for that disaster. And then went on to blame the wind. And then, right, windy as hell, guys. Come on now. Come come on, guys. It's windy out there. Then reportedly pissed off some teammates with that horrible, self-entitled attitude that ultimately got his ass benched. That all happened in the past week. Then Mike White comes in, and he made all of that feel like ancient history because Mike White just made Jets fan forget that Zach Wilson ever even existed. The best part about White's performance was that he did it in the elements. Zach Wilson blaming the wind. Mike White owned the wind and the rain and the bears. And I think safe to say he now owns Zach Wilson and his job. And judging from how miserable Wilson looked on the sideline, I think he knows it too. You want to talk about an energy flip. Again, granted. It was against a crappy Chicago defense. Granted, the schedule is going to get a whole lot more challenging. But did you see the way the offense and his teammates responded to White? Wilson has just one more TD pass on the season than White did on the day yesterday. Now, I know Robert Sala said we would see Wilson again before the end of the year, and that was not the final nail on the coffin. I know he said that. However, Jim Rome says if White continues to play like that and he doesn't get hurt, Wilson is not going to sniff the field again this year. You stink. Because right now the Jets are built to win. They're built to win right freaking now. And the biggest impediment to that happening was Wilson and his horrible attitude, incredible self-entitlement, and lack of professionalism. And by the way, I'm not talking about a game manager. I'm not talking about a dude who stayed away from the big mistake and just made sure that they didn't beat themselves and let the defense do all the work. I'm talking about a dude who made plays, lots of plays. A dude who was 22 of 28 for 315 yards and three TDs. A dude who essentially put on a laser show in a downpour. And a dude who made Bob Sala look like a damn genius in the process. 
Now, not that Salah was looking to get a pat on the back and not that he was going to get carried away with any of this. Like I said, he, 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 did, he, he, he made the easy look easy. And that's, uh, uh, I thought he did a really good job with that. So. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I like, I really like the way this guy's handling it. Like, if Mike White, quote, made the easy look easy, then Zach Wilson made the easy look hard as hell. Zach Wilson made the easy look like the impossible. Zach Wilson made the easy look like the hardest thing a human has ever attempted. The Jets went up to Foxborough last week and then jetted the hell out of that game. Except now it looks like what really happened was that Zach just zacked the hell out of that game. Because the rest of the J-E-T-S seem fine. In fact, the rest of the J-E-T-S look like a playoff team. In fact, the rest of the J-E-T-S look like a playoff team that could actually win a game once they get there. And I seriously doubt they will be zacking the hell out of anything else this season, again, if White can stay healthy. Because it would appear that Wilson just lost his gig and maybe even more than that. Bob Sala could not have handled that any better. Wilson could not have handled his situation any worse. And that's what you have. You have me leading a Monday with the Jets and a positive Jets take. Look at Chalk. He's having a day. He made the easy look easy. New York Chalk feeling it. Now, the only dude this morning who might have it as bad as Zach Wilson is Commander Cringe. Because, holy crap, Russ and the Broncos just keep finding new lows. Right when you think they've hit rock bottom, they find a new low. Even if Cringe a Russ has 245 million reasons not to care, it still gets uglier and cringier Every single week. Denver got their asses handed to them yesterday by Steve Wilkes, Sam Darnold, and the Carolina Panthers. The Plan B Panthers. The post-rule, post-CMC, post-we-gave-up Panthers. They fired their coach. They traded their best player. They started their third quarterback of the season in this game. And they still absolutely waxed coach can't hack it and the Broncos seriously could Nathaniel can't hack it be any worse if not for Pervin liar this would be one of the worst hires ever even with Pervin liar this is one of the worst hires ever difference is liar is a bad dude Hackett is a great dude but both are horrible NFL coaches. No way Hackett gets a second year. We all know that. So if he's not going to get a second year, isn't it fair to ask why he even gets another minute in that facility this year? I mean, that's a given. Except the cringy QB, that's something different. The cringy QB one is different because they are stuck with this guy. And they know it, and it seems like it's starting to get to those who are depending on him to be something or anything other than seemingly, shockingly, washed. Commander Cringe is suddenly washed. 
He's faded. He looks like he's done. It seems like the team knows this, and it seems like the team has had enough of his awkward, painful, cringy act. Specifically, Broncos nose tackle Mike Purcell has had enough of Russ's nonsense. He didn't just snap at Captain Cringe on the sideline yesterday. I think he was speaking for every single Broncos fan who had to sit through yet another 19 of 35, 142-yard slop fest from Russ in yet another loss. Russ, of course, tried to keep it all positive, Try to turn around after the game and say everything is fine with Purcell. It's all good. It's all cool. We're all totally on the same page. Well, Mike and I are on the same page. You know, we, he, um, he came off, uh, you know, after they, I think they kicked the field goal and he, he, was, he was pissed off. He just said, we got we to gotta F and go, you know, and uh, I, I agree, <laughs> you know, so me and him on the same page. Really? Purcell said, quote, we got to F and go. And Russ agreed. Except technically, Russ would have said, let's effing ride. Broncos country, let's ride. We got effing ride. Thank you, guys. Broncos country, let's ride. In fact, I'm sure he probably did say that quietly under his breath right after Purcell walked away. You know, Purcell's like, hey, man, we got to effing go. Yo, yo, cringe or Russ, we got to effing go. He probably responded under his breath, Broncos country, let's effing ride. We got to F and go, you know. Purcell, let's F and ride. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Purcell and Russ are on the same page. I got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper beef jerky like the best thing ever? Well, there is something to be said for a family business, which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper, where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender, never tough, because they only use the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite and... Old Trapper Jerky comes in four mouth-watering flavors. Old Fashioned, which is classic beef jerky flavor. Tender, smoky, and delicious. You've got Teriyaki with the yellow label, where Old Trapper turned the flavor down to 11. Hot and spicy, with a spice so nice you'll want to snack twice. Peppered, tender, seasoned beef covered in cracked pepper. And you can grab and go with a 4-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way you've got enough for the entire team or fam or both. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? As long as that page is that Russ is washed. Hey, man, this guy saying we got to F and go is not, yo, yo, let's do this, Russ. Actually, it is. Like, come on, Russ. The hell are you? The hell did we get from you? What's going on here? Purcell might have done what every Broncos fan has wanted to do every single week all season. However, the pep talk did not work because Denver just took their ugliest loss yet in a series of disgusting and revolting losses. Honestly, the Cardinals should appreciate the total incomplete tire fire in Denver because it's great cover for their own total incomplete tire fire. Hate to see it because you know I'm a big Cardinal fan, but Arizona got staleyed yesterday to fall to 4-8. They got punked on a last gasp 
Two-point conversion for the win, which was a gritty call and the right call for the Bolts. And we'll talk more about that with DeAndre Carter in Hour 3. But for now, why don't we talk about the dude that Brandon Staley punked? The dude who now is in deep bleep, a.k.a. Cliffy, Cliff Kingsbury. Because it is safe to say the cards are cooked. And cooked isn't going to cut it for Cliff, especially when his QB is at the podium saying things like this. Schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of. I mean, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I'm digging deep for one of my biggest uh-ohs ever. You got your franchise quarterback, who never mind, has had his own issues. This guy gets up after a loss and says, schematically, we were kind of effed. Schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of. Schematically, they kind of, we were kind of F. Schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of. That's bad, right? That's not a dude in the locker room pulling a couple of teammates aside. That's a guy front and center, in front of the world, saying schematically, we were kind of effed. We were, Alvin. I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of. So that's bad, right? That sounds a lot worse than a programmatic non-fit. It was a uh, programmatic non-fit. A coach I mean, talking kinda, about we, a player we being a programmatic non-fit is pretty awesome. A, was a franchise a quarterback allegedly saying that we were schematically kind of effed, not good. Problem is, it's true. The Cardinals are schematically kind of effed. They're also kind of effed in the standings. And their head coach kind of is too. They're all just kind of effed all the way around. But at least they're not the only team that lost in in a game-ending two-point conversion because apparently going for two and the win was actually the highest percentage play in the NFL yesterday. Jacksonville and Doug Peterson also showed a big brass set with the game on the line against Baltimore. You know, and all this talk about Trevor Lawrence being that generational talent, and he frankly has been anything but a generational talent, he needed this. And when they needed him to show up, he did big. Big in that final drive, big at the end of the game, and big with that conversion for the dub. Trevor was great. He really was. At the end of that game, he was great, but not nearly as great as safety Andrew Wingard after the game. I'm so ha- I'm just like so happy for Trevor because a he had to deal with Urban Meyer last year as a rookie, and I don't even know if he had a rookie year, and to see. The growth he's made, not just on the field, but just like his preparation, his demeanor, all that. And you knew he's, you know, when the rock breaks, it's not that one chip. It's all the chips that stacked up before that. And I'm so happy for him. Uh, Let me tell you something. Do you know professional athletes are famous, famous for never, ever looking back. Always forward, never back. That was then. This is now. We are where we f- our feet are. All we care about is the next down, the next rep, the next practice, the next game. They can't stop talking about Pervin Liar. Even 
at the end of November the following season, they're still talking about how bad a guy this guy was, how bad of a coach this guy was. This guy is happier for Trevor Lawrence than anybody is for anything. And why? Because, A, he had to deal with Pervin Liar last year. That's devastating. And, B, he had to deal with Pervin Liar last year. And most of all, C, he's happy for Trevor Lawrence, not because he won that game, but because he won that game and he had to deal with Pervin Liar last year. He had to deal with Urban Meyer last year as a rookie. So good to see Trevor and the Jags and the Queen, Miss Nika, and all of Duval have a little moment. And to see Perv drag through the mud yet again. Get out of Dodge. And however, there's more. I can't end the whip around without talking about one of my all-time favorite stories in the NFL, at least this year. An amazing thing is happening in the district, and I don't even mean Taylor Heineke, although he is still doing Taylor Heineke things. I'm talking about, how do I put this? The commanders, they're, I mean, they're winning. Um, They're winning. Winning? Not only are they winning, Um, they um, can't stop winning. Um, They... Now, um, have won three in a row and, um, six of seven. Um, winning? Six of seven. Washington. Hey, look, it wasn't pretty, but it never is with with these guys. And it never matters because bottom line, Washington is still, um, winning. Um, winning? But all I can think about is... Brian Robinson Jr.'s amazing oversized hat. Y'all see this in the postgame locker room. My man says he's promoting his friend's big hat company. And if we want a big hat, we should let him know. Well, Brian, consider this me letting you know I want one of those damn big hats. In fact, I don't just want a big hat. I want to invest in the big hat company. Like, where can I sign up for this perfect business idea? Who do I scratch a check to? I am so in. I know just who is going to be perfect for this. I know who I need to bring in. Now, he is the cheapest guy in America. However, he's got a greater need for one of those big hats than anybody I know. Big head. Where are you at, big head? Can you believe this bleep? Brian Robinson actually has a hat that will fit your freakishly large dome. I never thought that'd be possible, which is why we have to invest. And yes, I know you're a cheapskate, the cheapest guy alive. Big heads, big hat company. I can see it now. You can sling giant hats at the car wash because after all, what can't you buy at a car wash? I know how you, I know your game, car wash owners, the way you jack everything up in there. As if charging me 50 bucks for a car wash weren't bad enough. Then you mark everything up 8 million percent in that quote store you run me through. Head, I know you. I know you're selling anything and everything, dude. You're probably selling steak. You're running cattle. I've seen that, Head. You're probably selling chops and cuts of steak at that car wash. 
Anyway, you could probably even model the giant hats. I'll be the spokesman. You be the actual model with that head. So quick heads up to Brian Robinson. I'm letting you know right now, I've got a business proposal, my guy. Big heads, big hats. I'm talking with Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com, who is describing the businesses that have benefited from a tax refund via the Employee Retention Credit, the ERC through the IRS. What kind of companies have come through as a result of hearing me talk about this message on the air? Can you give me some examples? We have a uh, Best Pizza. It's in Brooklyn, New York, 12 employees. We were able to qualify them for $56,000. We were able to gap another $56,000 for them, and they were ecstatic. We had a medical professional company in San Diego with 250 employees get $3.5 million. Their workforce was deemed non-essential by the government. And so they had a huge revenue decrease and that's how they qualified. And they they are one of the groups that really maximized this credit. We've got a group in Kansas that's also an employment agency. They've got 72 employees. We able to get them $167,000. And that's just three of the companies that OmegaTaxCredits.com has helped. There is time still for you to apply and determine if your small business qualifies for a tax refund like this. You've weathered the pandemic and the economy. So see if you qualify. Omega Tax taxcredits.com. Ross Tucker, Ross, what's going on? Good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Good to be on via video. Good to see you. This is fantastic. This is fantastic, dude. You look like a million. It's great to have you on via Zoom. So let me start right here. Philly and Kansas City. Ross, both took care of business yesterday. Obviously, you see a hell of a lot of the Eagles. So be as objective as you possibly can on this one. Who is the best team in the NFL right now? Is it Philly or KC? Well, I think that the Eagles have the best roster. And I think that's being pretty objective, uh, top to bottom. Now, they're starting to get banged up a little bit. No Dallas Goddard, no Avante Maddox. They lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last night. We'll see how long he's out. But I do think the Eagles have the best roster. And it might not be by a small margin. Top to bottom, Jim, what Howie Roseman has done, it's unbelievable. I mean... They've got three really good receivers, a good tight end, a couple good running backs. We know how Hurts is playing, best O-line in the league. Defensively, they weren't great last night, but they've been very good. I think they're better than the Chiefs right now. I think the question is, if they play against each other in the Super Bowl, who do you trust more in the fourth quarter to make the clutch plays to win? I think at this point, you have to say Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the playoff pedigree – We've seen it so much. Hertz is playing fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I think Hertz is probably second in the MVP voting right now. But Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and he's still number one. Ross Tucker joining us. Hey, Ross, speaking of last night, and you were tweeting about this, but what do you make of Aaron Rodgers saying after the game that as long as the Packers are not mathematically eliminated, he will want to continue to play? I don't understand it at all, Jim. I don't understand why he said that. I think he was trying to say it as a positive, like, as long as we got a shot, I want to keep playing. But it's like, Aaron, no kidding. I mean, what is he saying, Jim? He's intimating the opposite, right? He's intimating that when they are mathematically eliminated, he doesn't want to play anymore. That's a bad look. It's a bad look for the starting quarterback. It's a bad look for the leader of the team. That's not really his decision to make, you know? I mean, he's a player. Now, if the coaches decide, hey, we're mathematically eliminated, let's go with Jordan Love, totally understandable. If they choose to play Jordan Love this week because Aaron Rodgers is banged up, totally understandable. But what Aaron Rodgers should say is, 
I want to be out there. I want to play. I want to be with my guys. I mean, what would happen, Jim, if other guys started saying this? Do you, th- do you think David Bakhtiari, with that arthritic knee that's going to bother him the rest of his life, do you think he wants to be out there once they're eliminated? Do you think Mercedes Lewis in year 17 wants to play out the string in four or five meaningless games? But it was a really surprising comment by Aaron. I think he was trying to say, hey, I'm still involved here. I still want to play. But the inverse of it is not a good look at all. I don't think he realized how it would come across, certainly to someone like me. Ross Tucker is joining us. All right, so Ross, not to go all overreaction Monday and all hot take factory, but given how great Mike White and the Jets looked, albeit against the Bears defense, could Zach Wilson already be done in New York? Not ready to say that yet with what they've invested in him. And especially since it's such a small sample size for Mike White. If you remember last year, his first game, Mike White came out and played really, really well. Everybody got excited. And then the next couple of games, he didn't play that well. And it was back to Zach Wilson. So You know the way it is, Jim. It's why you've had so much success because you bring it and grind every single day for years and years and years. That's what it takes. There's a lot of guys that are one game wonders or flashes in the pan. It's the guys that do it consistently week in, week out that end up becoming studs or even just solid starting quarterbacks like Mike White. So let's see him do it this week now that the next opponent saw how the Jets used him, saw what the game plan was with Mike White. Let's see if he can keep it up the next few weeks. If he does it for like four weeks in a row, Jim, if he's playing well for four weeks, then Zach Wilson's at least done for the rest of this year because they're not going to go away from Mike White at that point. It's almost like the Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz thing in Washington where Rivera was holding off kind of as long as he could But then when it was obvious that they just play better with Heineke, he's like, yeah, Heineke's a starter. I think that's all fair. I think that's all accurate. I like all of that. You know, Ross, it's interesting. I thought Bob Sala really handled that extremely well. You know as well as anybody the dynamics of the locker room. Give me a sense of this. I understand that young players have to learn to conduct themselves in a certain way. I understand that guys will say things in the heat of the moment. Do you think that that's anything? Any of that was what was going on with Zach Wilson? And how much damage do you think that he did in that locker room? And then how does that guy go back about earning or re-earning their trust? It's a great question. And I I think, honestly, Jim, I just think Zach Wilson lacks confidence and he's insecure, right? And I think he was defensive when he was asked that question. You know, people that are really good at what they do or really confident, they're pretty open about admitting when they mess up. Remember when uh, Josh Allen had the two picks against the Jets and he's like, Yeah, we would have won if I didn't play like, you know what? I mean, that's what people do when you know that you're the man. You you know that you are not always going to be perfect and you admit when you're not. I think Zach Wilson has already kind of been so beaten down there in New York and is so lacking in confidence and insecure about the way he's playing that he kind of got all burred up, all defensive and didn't want to like feed the flames when he was asked whether or not he feels bad for letting down the defense because of course he does. And of course the answer should have been said, should have been yes. And I thought he handled it much better later on last week 
when he said, you know, I didn't handle that the right way. I need to work harder, et cetera, et cetera. I actually thought if I was the Jets, Jim, I probably would have started Zach Wilson last week. I probably would have started him. I would have done the Mia Culpa on Wednesday. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I didn't handle that the right way. Blah, blah, blah. I probably would have given him one more shot against the Bears at home, that bad Bears defense, because now it's going to be really tricky for when they go back to him. I mean, because now we, we've all seen the other side. If they were to let him play against the Bears and he played well, then that would have bought Zach Wilson a few more weeks and Salah a few more weeks in a very important franchise decision. Now he can't go back to Zach Wilson until Mike White absolutely pees down his leg probably a couple times. You know, I wonder, Ross, because if you had said to me midweek, who do I think is going to start? I would have said Zach Wilson for sure. I think I would have absolutely said they're going to go back to him. The fact that they didn't tells you what. I mean, was it that bad in the locker room? Why would Sala not bring him right back? I think it's the combination of how he was playing and then how his comments on Monday resonated in the public. You know, you can say whatever you want in the locker room or to the guys, and, and you can do the best to try to keep that in-house. But once everybody, and I mean everybody, was killing Zach Wilson for those comments, I think Sala was smart enough to realize, man, there's a lot of guys seeing this stuff. There's a lot of guys seeing what Zach Wilson said, seeing Zach Wilson getting killed on every channel out there, the four-letter network, CBS Sports, there, everybody, right? And I think he realized it's a bad look for me now if I stick with him. It's a bad look for me. I think if if Zach Wilson hadn't made that comment and just said no after the Patriots game, I think he still would have started. But I think Salah realized, listen, I, I, I'm not going to survive here unless these guys have my back. I got to do what's best for the other 52 guys, not for Zach Wilson. Thought it was smart. All right, so what about how big was yesterday's come-from-behind win for the Jags, Ross, and especially for Trevor Lawrence to finish that game the way he did? Jim, we've been waiting for that. I mean, we've been waiting a year and a half for that. That is what they told me about when he was in high school. I called the U.S. Army Bowl when he was in it. He was fantastic. They were talking about him in 10th grade. Obviously, all through his Clemson time, we hadn't really seen it, you know? I mean... We'd heard about it. We remember what we saw in high school and college, but there were starting to be more and more doubters and people whispering that there's nothing about Trevor Lawrence that's really that special with every passing week. Boy, he flipped that in a quarter. Now, he's been pretty good the last three games, but the fourth quarter, he was lights out. Pinpoint accurate, gunslinger. It was amazing. I mean, if I'm a Jags fan right now, Jim, this is the most excited I've been in a long time, probably since they were in the AFC Championship game after they beat the Steelers in the playoffs, because I don't care what their record is the rest of the year. They saw it now. They saw what they've been waiting for. The chosen one, the quarterback that they needed, he's there. He's got it in him, and he showed it against the Ravens. Ross Tucker joining us. All right, quickly, Ross, it's holiday season. If I ask you about my front page story, do you have the bandwidth and infrastructure in place to prevent the clones from crashing the site yet again? Uh, well, I guess we're about to find out. We haven't done this in a while, so I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, but we'll see. Myfrontpagestory.com. The problem is, Jim, I've told you, 
You other people don't have listeners like you. I mentioned this on other shows, but they don't crash the site. That's why I tell any advertiser ever, you need to advertise on Jim's show because he literally mentions my website, myfrontpagestory.com, the greatest gift you can get anybody. Don't get any of that Cyber Monday garbage. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. They will love it. It'll be hanging in their house forever. But Jim's audience, the clones, the only people that crash the site every time to the point now where I tell the web guy, okay, Hey, are we at least capturing like their things so we can send them ads later? Is, is there still a way like to get their email address? Them? Cause otherwise, why am I even mentioning it when I'm on with Jim? If the website just crashes and we can't even get any of the data or anything from anybody. Hey Russ, quickly. I love the product. This is not a conditional mention. You come on no matter what, but I appreciate the product very much. It's holiday season. A lot of guys are like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I get? Really quickly lay out what it is once again, before we go. Yeah, it's just a story that a, a, a private writer, a professional writer writes about anybody in your life. Most guys get it for their significant other or their mom or whatever. It's amazing. It's framed. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. I can almost guarantee she will cry when she opens it up. But the beauty of it, Jim, is they hang it up in their house forever, forever. So A, she cries, happy tears. So you win that way. B, it's the gift that keeps on giving. For the rest of your lives, it'll be hanging up there. It's amazing. Myfrontpagestory.com. Hit that, because once that goes up on the wall, it's never coming down. Do it now, clones. Do it now. He's an NFL analyst. He is a great friend of the program. He is host of the Ross Tucker Podcast. He works for CBS Sports, Westwood One, Odyssey, a number of others. And make sure you follow him at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great to have you back. Of course. Great to see you. You're the man, Jim. Hey, Jim Rome here. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. An egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. You can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. I'm not kidding. Try a pizza on the egg. It'll amaze you. Stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It's a ceramic marvel backed by a lifetime warranty. It's simple to light, easy to use, and it works without a power source, so there's no need to plug anything in. And with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. It also makes an amazing gift, and they have two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's BigGreenEgg.com, and you will thank me later. You know, there are no locks, right? Except when he came out of college, he was considered a lock, a generational type player. Then he ends up in a situation. Situations matter. He ends up in a bad situation because he ends up in a situation where he's with the worst NFL coach ever. And then you wait, and then you wait, and then you wait, and then you think, you know what? Maybe he's not that guy. Maybe he's not a generational talent. Maybe he's not that special. Maybe he's just a guy. I don't know. Too soon to tell. However, if you're a Jags fan, you have to be ecstatic. What a great final drive. Great game, but what a great, great final drive. And the way they finished that was tremendous. 
How about my guy, the pro football doc? If you listen to Jim Rum's Big Head Bets, the pro football doc is constantly fading the Ravens because they're never healthy. And he got over again. So you should listen to that podcast and for a number of different reasons. Really quickly, before I get into what Nebraska and Wisconsin did, some quick reaction. At NFL Freak 74, what do you mean gambling is hard? Gambling picks is the easiest thing in the world, especially when it's windy out there. Signed, Zach Wilson. It's windy as hell out there too, guys. Now, I admit it. I thought if you had said to me midweek, who do I think they're going to go with, I would have said they'll go back to Zach Wilson. I thought they would. And then they didn't. And I think Ross made a great point that, you know, it's one thing. You you don't want to lose the locker room. You sure as hell do not want to lose the locker room. However, most of the country was coming for Zach Wilson. So it was that big. So Sala takes a stand, and it actually sets up pretty well because in Mike White, yes, you had a guy who went 1-3 and last year, but you have somebody who's pretty professional and pretty proficient, and he's going up against a really bad defense. So why not do it right there? And now Sala looks like a badass and a great leader of men. You know, so it worked out really well. But the schedule is going to get progressively difficult. Much more difficult. At Dibble Stewie writes, Trevor had to deal with Perv and Liar as a rookie? Heck, I had to deal with Perv as a freshman. Signed, Ohio State co-eds. He had to hey, deal Buckeye with fan. Liar last year as a rookie. Buckeye fan, own it. Admit it. You want Pervin back so badly right now. After what happened to you this weekend, after that butt-kicking that Harbaugh and Michigan put on you, you know, Buckeye fan, you know you want Pervin Liar back. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You know you do. That's a bad deal for the Buckeyes. That can't happen, and it did. At SA Sports Honk has an interesting point. James, we would like to congratulate Cliff Kingsbury on successfully coaching himself into another lucrative contract signed to Auburn. I mean, can't you see it? Cliff, Cliff has mastered the art of falling forward. And if that were to happen, I mean, I don't know. Not everybody's like Matt Rule. Matt Rule clearly was not going to just sit back and take the money. I mean, he was only out like six games. He already wants another challenge. And that Nebraska job is not an easy job. I don't care how much he, quote, revered them growing up. That is not an easy gig. However, however, I said at that time, if anybody can bring them back, it's Scott Frost. Come to find out that was not true. And for a number of different reasons. I would argue now, before getting into it, if anybody can bring Nebraska back, it might be rule. It might be. For reasons I will get into. And finally, yo, Rome. I'm hurting badly for Jimmy Leonard, but a completely new era of Badger football is what has to happen to compete in the Big Ten. Take note, Hawkeyes. War Jake Rome and his roommates skipping class to host Coach Fickle's welcome party and first press conference at their place. Max in the 608. I'm not sure what Jake's plan is. Spent the weekend with us here in Cali. Good Rome family weekend. I'm not sure. Dodger Jano might be more into it than Jake. Jake's a senior. He's going to move on. 
Dodger Jano is all about Wisconsin football. She was watching yesterday. So, in terms of those hires, why don't we talk about that for a minute? Phone lines are open. Man, get in here. I'm not asking. I'm telling. Get in here. There's so much to react to. All right, so Nebraska and Wisconsin fam both, I want to actually group you both together. You better damn well know I'm going to ask you both, how the hell are you living today? Despite everything that happened in college football over the weekend, there was still no shot in hell that I was not going to be early and often about sharing my thoughts about both those programs and the fan bases today. Because pound for pound, you both still lay some of the hardest hitting lumber in this jungle. You still do. Both of you. And I'm all about your news. I'm all about celebrating both those hires. And I like Jim Leonard. And I really did think that he was going to get that job. When he took over on an interim basis and everybody said, that's his job to lose, I believed it. Not only did I believe that it was his job to lose, I was convinced he'd get that job. But that's not what happened. And I like him a lot. Hell, every Badger fan loves Jim Leonard, right? But man, the fact that they got who they got and Nebraska pulled who they pulled. How nice is the Big Ten right about now? Nebraska goes and gets their number one target and arguably the one target that many felt in this entire hiring cycle, the top guy in Matt Rule. And Wisco then knocks it out of the yard in ripping Luke freaking Fickle out of the natty a day later. And no, that's not a joke either. Me pimping the rule higher. Yes, I was tough on him when he was coaching the Panthers. And rightfully so, you know? This dude didn't even make it three years into a seven-year deal. However, however, this is a totally different game. A totally different situation. College v. Pro. And Rule has proven he is a damn good college coach. I mean, a great college coach. I love the hire. Once again, I think great hires and great fits for both sides. And yes, I know haters. Great. Everybody was saying the same exact thing when the Huskers brought in favorite son, Scott Frost. Myself included. I absolutely love that hire. But you know what? In retrospect, Scott Frost's inexperience as a head coach, is now pretty apparent. You know, and not just Frost, but anybody in Frost's position. Yes, he did a hell of a job at UCF in running the table in his second year there. And it seemed like a no-brainer to bring him back to Lincoln. But it turns out two seasons as a college head coach where you catch lightning in the bottle is not enough. Not to restore a program like Nebraska. Not to restore a program that's got the kind of challenges that Nebraska has. Because at Nebraska, his program lacked discipline and organization. He went 16-31. and 31. Oh, and he lost to Georgia Southern in year four of the rebuild. I don't think you're going to have the same issues with rule. Not in the way of discipline. That's not going to be a problem with that guy because this is what he does. At both of his college stops as a head coach, he inherited a couple of programs that were really down and out. Struggling programs, and he turned them around quickly. The guy had back-to-back 10-win seasons at Temple where he actually won a conference championship. The school's only won since 1967. Pretty significant. 
He then inherits that mess that Art Briles left behind at Baylor in 2017. He went from 1-11 in his first season to 11-3 two seasons later and had his Bears in the Sugar Bowl. And the guy wants back in. I'm not even sure why he wants that wants back in that quickly, but he wants it. This guy wants back in. He could have sat on his ass and kept collecting the over 40 mil that he's owned from Carolina, but he actually wants this, was looking for this. And how badly does Nebraska now need that rebuild? One of the greatest powerhouses in college football history, you know, to put it nicely, has struggled the entire 21st century. He's now their sixth head coach, sixth, since Tom Osborne retired. The mess has never been bigger than it is right now, but this is what this dude does. He cleans crap like this up. He's built for it. He's built to build bleep. He's built to clean bleep up. He's built for this sort of thing. That is such an amazing hire, I think, for Nebraska. I honestly did not think they could pull that guy. I know they wanted that guy. I didn't think they'd get that guy. I mean, I'd even say on some level, I thought that he would think. I thought that he would think, I could do better than that. Why would I rush into that? But he did. What a great hire. As for you, Badger fam, again, Luke freaking Fickle. That hire to me comes out of nowhere. Nowhere because he has been one of the hotter names for big-time jobs for the last few years and showed really no interest in leaving Cincy. I mean, people have been coming hard for this cat with big-time offers and big-time jobs, and he had shown no interest in leaving. Even after last season when he brought the Bearcats to their first-ever college football playoff. And no, I'm not pumped about it because I've been scratching that school fat checks for the last several years. I'm pumped about it because it's Luke freaking Fickle. The guy had choices. He had choices, and he chose Madison. I I can't be emphatic enough about that. This dude had choices, lots of choices, great choices, and he chose Madtown on bleeping Wisconsin. What a hire. I mean, that is a great hire. He's got strong Big Ten roots, born and raised in Columbus, played at the Ohio State, and then was the D.C. there when they won their last natty. I mean, the guy really is a perfect Big Ten coach. So Rule and Fickle have a lot in common right now, which is going to serve them nicely with their programs. The biggest may be their ability to develop Develop modest recruits and churn out winning teams. They develop talent. And I don't mean five-star talent. They develop talent. Fickle alone had nine Bearcats. He had nine drafted last season in the NFL. That was more than Alabama. Now give both of these guys better resources, and you've got to be optimistic. The Big Ten just got that much better. And the good news is the conference kept their morals intact, i.e. they did not bring back Pervin Liar, like so many of you Husker fans wanted. I'm not saying all of you wanted him. I'm saying some, if not many of you wanted him, 
Nebraska fan, you know I love you, but I have not forgotten your act earlier this season. Not at all. Cornhusker fans were a part of this, and a few embarrassing ones were out front and center. And it created one of the more embarrassing acts in the history of that fine, fine school and that fine program. And that says something, given that that fine school and fine program lost to Georgia Southern. Yo, you know what I'm talking about. You know I'm talking about when you all started chanting this. <laughs> hey, coach, hey, we want for you, coach. We want it for you, though. Hey, we want you, too. <laughs> we want Pervin. We want Pervin. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. Like I said, I guarantee some loser fans at Ohio State do now. Some loser fans at Ohio State who just saw Michigan going to their house and kick the living crap out of them do. You know that. I'm just glad that these two great programs that I love and respect wanted nothing to do with Perv. But somebody will. Somebody will. What I am saying is banner weekends for both Nebraska and Wisconsin, I am pumped for both of you because I don't think that either of you could have done any better than you did do. And both are kind of a surprise to me and in the best way imaginable. And Rule's going to have plenty of time to make things work because he got an eight-year contract. And listen, credit to Trev Alberts and Nebraska for convincing this guy to take it on. Credit to Wisconsin, and again, I feel badly for Jim Leonard, but if you've got a choice between Jim Leonard, bright guy, great story, great dude, he's got the background, he's got the roots, but he went 4-3 and three in the interim. If you've got a choice between that guy and Luke Fickle, who did what he did at Cincinnati, who's been a head coach for a number of years, who's already turned things around, who's got those Big Ten roots, who are you going to take? That's not to say that Jim Leonard won't get a shot, but just not the shot at his alma mater, which has got to sting. It's got to sting. But I'm here to say that as much as I love Jim Leonard, Wisconsin did the right thing. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. one 636 8686. Let's start in Green Bay. Matt in Green Bay. Great to have you, Matt. How are you? I am doing fantastic. You have a good holiday? Yeah, awesome. How about you? Oh, it was quite well, quite well. I did a smoked turkey and it turned out really good. But good. I just want to say, yo, yeah, it's it's called spatchcock. You cut the backbone out and you split the breast. It cooks evenly. I mean, it was just flowing with juices. But I want to say this hire for the Badgers, it's possibly the best thing for Badger football since Russell Wilson bringing us to the Rose Bowl in his one year here. And not is it only good for Wisconsin Badger football, for Moo 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 Madison. I think it might be good for the other team up north a little bit. Because you remember Jim Leonard was pursued by the Packers. And the way uh, Joe Barry's 
coaching right now, we're getting gashed more than Chuck Cecil's nose when it's all bloodied and broken. We're getting gashed more than what I had did to Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. We're just getting gashed left and right. I hope Jim Letter can come up here, be our defensive coordinator. And uh, it, the other good thing is, rather than sticking with the old-fashioned hiring within, and the old-fashioned are the drink of Wisconsin. I'm sure you've had one when you've been up here. But getting new blood in a system is nothing but good for you. That's all i got to say. War, I'm out. I like that. Rack him. Well done. Rack him. You said old fashions. I'm sure you're familiar with them by coming up here. I'm not. I don't do that. Dodger Jano. Wisco Jano is all about the old fashioned. All about it. She's all about it there. She's all about it back home. And she's all about never getting the one she's looking for. It's either a really difficult drink to make or she's very particular about the drink. But I feel like it never goes right. Rare is the bar that can make the old-fashioned that works out for Dodger Jano. And Dodger Jano is not one of those people who likes to send things back, but she's constantly sending her drink back. No offense, darling. The old-fashioned, though, must have a high degree of difficulty. My drinks are very easy to pour. You see that tequila over there? Put some in a glass. I'll just drink it. I agree with you, though. I love the hire. I really, really like that hire for all the reasons I mentioned. Now, what he did bring to it was, what about Jim Leonard? Now what? Could Jim Leonard go to the Green Bay Packers and fix their defense because they're getting, quote, gashed? Gashed worse than the blood on Chuck Cecil's nose. Are you old enough to remember Chuck Cecil? That dude was fierce, man. He was fierce and a bleeder. He bled, and he made other people bleed. That dude was fierce. I don't think old Chucky would survive in today's game. Defense is being what they are right now. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Texas. Eric, it's good to have you, Eric. How are you? How are you doing, Jimmy Dam? Good, dude. How about you? I'm doing great. So I'm a Nebraska fan of 38 years. And after the disappointment of the Frost era, we really need to hit this tire. And while I'm looking at this as like playing chess and checkers and that kind of thing, we made our move to get Matt Rule. Okay, that's good hire. And then I see the news last night about what Wisconsin did, and they go get Luke Fickle. I mean, that is like throwing down a trump card. Both those programs got better, but honestly, I think Wisconsin wins the hire because he's been to the playoffs. He knows the Big Ten for all the reasons you mentioned. It's going to take some time for Rule to get up and running, but goodness gracious, Wisconsin beats us in everything, Jim. They beat us in football. They beat us in volleyball, both sports we care a great deal about. They beat us in basketball. Good gracious, they even beat us in coaching hires. And if they had a baseball program, They'd probably beat us in that, too. War the Huskers getting better. War the Colorado Avalanche running back another cup. And War Rick and Buffalo taking home the five grand in, in the next summer smack-off. I'm out, Jim. I like it, dude. Nice job. I like that a lot. DeAndre Carter is my guest. DeAndre, it's great to have you on. How are you? 
Good, man. How you doing? Appreciate you for having me on, Jim. Good. Good to have you on. So let me ask you, all Victory Mondays have got to feel good, but I would imagine this one might feel even better given the comeback win in Arizona. Justin Herbert drives the Chargers down the field. He throws that TD pass with 15 seconds to go. You pull off the two-point conversion. How much confidence did you have that the team would, in fact, find a way to get it done? Man, I had a bunch of confidence, man. Got These guys fight to the very end. Um, we've got that last touchdown. Had no doubt we were going to go for two. Uh, you know how coach, you guys know how Coach Staley gets down. Uh, great play call by Coach Lombardi. I had no, man, no hesitation, no doubt that we were going to get that two point conversion and get the win. Yeah, you beat me to it. I love that. You know how Coach Staley gets down. I mean, he is one of the most aggressive coaches in the league. We do know how he gets down. I mean, was there any doubt at all that he would go for two and a chance to win instead of kicking that extra point? I mean, is that even a question at this point? Well, there was no question in our mind. We know, I mean, we all know Coach Taylor. We know how aggressive he is. Um, he's got a bunch of confidence, you know, in our group and our, you know, in our offense, especially in Justin. Uh, obviously, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Put the ball in his hands and make, let him figure it out. Talking to DeAndre Carter, you know, it's hard to win in the National Football League no matter what. I know you'll take a dub any way you can get it. And I'm guessing it felt great to get out of there with a win. But is there any part of you that thinks, man, it would be nice just to blow somebody out and not have to deal with all of this every single week. Man, we've been we've been talking about it since the season started. We haven't played our best football yet, you know. And we need to, you know, get on everybody, get on the same page, and play and play all four quarters all together. Um, and we, you know, we're still waiting for that to happen. It would be nice to get in and you know get an easy dub, but that never happens in the National Football League. Um, but we're excited to get the win anyway we can for sure, like you said. Charger, DeAndre Carter joining us. You had a career high in receptions and receiving yardage Sunday. I know, and you know this better than anybody, haven't been in the league as long as you have. Your job is to stay ready no matter what. You have to stay ready. Having said yeah. that, did you expect to have the opportunities that you had coming into this game yesterday? Uh, always, you know, stay ready. I knew, you know, we had, we had Mike out. I knew I was going to have you know, a big a big role in the offense, or I would say a similar role that I've been having, you know, with the guys that we've had down all season. Um, I didn't know I was going to get all, you know, 10 targets, the opportunities I was going to get, you know, kind of just the way the game plan or the game, you know, unfolded. But, you know, nothing – all I could do is take advantage of the opportunities when Justin, you know, looks my way and throws me the ball. Yesterday, the way the defense – the defense – the defense is – uh, you know, kind of played out with our play calls. Just kind of, you know, worked out that I got, you know, a lot of targets. All right, so what about that 33-yard TD reception in the second quarter? What sure. did you see on that play? And while I know nothing is easy, was that as easy as it kind of looked? For sure. Like, definitely the easiest touchdown in my career, maybe in my life, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, we had, had a motion, you know, where I kind of motioned and ran a rail route, um, and their safety kind of ran with Josh Palmer, and they're a seam curl flat defender. I don't know if he didn't see me or just didn't pick me up, but uh, ran ran by him. Nobody really was around me. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the easiest touchdowns I had in my career so far. DeAndre Carter joining us. Like, how much of this is about earning Justin Herbert's trust and then making sure you take advantage of any opportunity you get when he does get the ball to you? A lot of it is about that. Uh, you know, you get into a new team, and it kind of takes you a little time period to uh, establish the trust and the foundation, you know, with the quarterback, obviously. Um, I think, you know, we're starting to see that here, you know, later in the season, you know, me and Justin getting on the same page, just learning, 
you know, what he likes, you know, where he likes me on certain routes, how he likes to throw certain routes, um, and him just finding me and having, and having confidence that when he finds me, um, I'm going to make the play. Uh, but you guys are definitely starting to see that come to fruition here. Hopefully we can keep this going down the stretch. Right. I was going to ask you as a follow-up, like how do you earn that trust with a franchise quarterback? Is it in how you show up every single day to the facility and the way you prepare and the way you work, or is it more about making plays on Sunday when called upon? I feel like it's all of it. It's how you show up every day to the building, you know, the work that you put in on a day-to-day basis, even the reps that you get with that I get with Justin day-to-day in practice. You got to make sure those hit. And then when you get to Sunday and you get the right look and we practice it and hit it, we got to hit it in the game. You know, we've been fortunate to do those, uh, do that, and we got to keep doing it. Charger DeAndre Carter joining us. So as big a play as that was, let's not sleep on that punt return you had late in the game. A huge punt return, or actually, no, not late, but to set up the go-ahead TD. What did you see on the return? And as it was developing, was there any part of you thinking, man, maybe potential house call? Yeah, so I know, you know, for the majority of our punt returns this season have been, like, downhill. Uh, So going into the game, you know, our special teams unit with Coach Ficken, you know, we wanted to emphasize on getting to the field or trying to get to the edge. Um, we had opportunity. We got the look that we wanted. We got the punt and the ball that we wanted. And when I caught it, um, honestly, I thought we were going to go to the house. We had a had a chance, had a lot of sideline, got over there. You know, those guys did a good job on their punt, on their punt team, uh, not letting me get all the way to the edge and not letting me circle it to get to the house. But I definitely, man, was it? thought we were going to the house when I caught the ball. DeAndre Carter joining us. Like I mentioned, your journey's been amazing. Undrafted out of Sac State in 2015, the Chargers are your ninth team in eight years. This is not an easy thing to do, so it's a testament to your perseverance. And the fact that so many teams, by the way, appreciate the value that you bring, again, it's an amazing journey. Like, if you step back for a minute, what kind of thoughts do you have when you look back on all of this, your journey and your time in the league? It's It's been a whirlwind. Uh, you know, hasn't been easy by any stretch. Uh, but the way I look at it as I look at it as a blessing, man. You go through different adversities. Get like you said, my ninth team in eight years. Um, but it's also it, adversity is necessary for you to become the person that you meant to be, or for you to be able to walk in your purpose. So I look at it as a blessing. It's all necessary. Um, it hasn't been easy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I'm grateful for it, grateful for all of it, being able to play for a lot of great organizations, and you get to see, you know, the right way to run things, the wrong way to run things, and uh, get to meet. I play with a, a lot of great players, great players, um, and I wouldn't take that back to the world, the relationships that I've built with those guys. Um, but just keep going, keep fighting. When you find those, or get in those ruts where you don't know if you're gonna be able to make out of make it out of it, you just gotta keep pushing and never fold. DeAndre, that is an amazing answer. Like I I fully appreciate everything you just said. I understand exactly what you just said because the fact of the matter is number one, you're right, there is no growth without adversity. I mean, exactly. there's just there is no growth without adversity and exactly. you have to walk in your purpose. I think I know what you mean by that, but for those who don't, what does that mean to walk in your purpose? To walk in your purpose, I feel like everybody's put on this earth for, you know, a reason. Uh I'm a big you know, I'm big on faith, got a big belief in God. Um, but walking into your purpose is just 
whenever you get to the space where you're supposed to be, where you become who you're supposed to be, who God puts you to be on this earth, um, there's no way for you to get there and be able to be ready for that moment without going through some type of adversity, without going through some type of a hardship throughout your life. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I mean by walking in your purpose, just being ready for that moment when you get to be the person that you're supposed to be in this world. DeAndre Carter joining us. I'm curious, like, what was your mindset when you came in with the Chargers? Like, did you come in thinking, I'll do whatever? That, did you come in with a Blake mindset, kind of like, I'm just going to show up every single day and try to get better and do whatever I can and do what's asking me? Or did you think I'm going to be a kick returner? Or did you think, you know what, I'm more than that. I can be a factor in the offense and the passing game. Uh, I came here because I knew that I could be a factor in the offense and the passing game, uh, you know, with a guy like Justin back there. Um, but I, I came here also knowing that my role was going to be to be was going to be to be the kick returner and the punt returner. Um, I feel like every team that signed, that has signed me throughout my career signed me thinking that I'm just going to be the kick returner, the punt returner. And I get in the OTAs and I get in the camp, and they're like, "Oh, this kid can play receiver too. Uh, let's see how we can work him into the offense." Um, and I feel like that's kind of been you know that's kind of been my mo you know with every team that I've signed, but. You know, here with the Chargers, I've had a little bit more of an opportunity to play on offense, you know, because of some of the injuries that we've had. Um, and you've been, you know, just been able to see what a lot of guys in the league go through. You know, I feel like it's a lot of guys who can play, who can make an impact, who just don't get those opportunities necessarily early on in their career or ever in their career. So, um, so how cha- you know, I'm, just- I'm really starting to interrupt. So I was going to say, how challenging is it? It's so like, if, if you're right, there's so many guys that could, but don't get the opportunities. So, you yeah. know, man, I better cash this in. How, how are you able to make sure I got to stay within myself and I have to take advantage of this because I might not get another opportunity. Yeah, it's tough. You know, a lot, like you said, a lot of like I said, or a lot of guys don't get that opportunity. Um, you just got to be ready for it and know and not lose confidence confidence in yourself like you just got to be ready when that moment comes without putting too much pressure on you like you know that okay yeah I got to make this opportunity to make this play because I might not get another one but at the same time you've been doing this since you was a little kid and you could play football and you're here in this moment uh with this opportunity to make the play because you can do it and you just got to believe that uh any dude that's waiting for a chance you got to believe that and just cash in when it's time for it the opportunity to come. And you will, right? If you've put the work in and you've done the preparation and you've done the study, you're going to feel good about your chances when that opportunity comes. Exactly. And you'll make the most of it. All right, so finally, really quickly, what are your early thoughts on the Raiders? They're next up. That's the next challenge. Have you given that much thought yet? Or are you enjoying Victory Monday? No, yeah, definitely looked into it. They got a good team. Uh, They got coming off of two back-to-back overtime wins. Um, You know, they are obviously feeling good about, you know, where they're at right now. We coming off a win. We're feeling good about where we're at right now. It's a division game, um, and we're both in a opposite, both in a position where we still got playoff hopes, and we definitely got to get this win. Um, but going out there, we haven't put the game plan or anything like that yet. But we know it's going to be a hard fought game, division game. Um, we hope we come out on top. Uh, like I mentioned, I think your journey's been pretty amazing, and you had arguably your best game ever, a career-high seven catches, 73 yards, that touchdown, that big punt return. DeAndre Carter, my guest, that's how you close the show. DeAndre, I really appreciate that. Great to have you on, and thanks for making time for us. That was fun. I appreciate you having me on, Jim. Had a great time. Good night now!